You're listening to the Gordon Damer Show podcast on 98.7 ESPN. It's off and running Friday, May 29th. Hey there. Good morning. Welcome in. It is the Gordon Damer Show. It is 98.7 FM ESPN New York. Whole bunch to do on this Friday edition. So let's not waste any time. Let's get right into it. Of course, the number you know, 1-800-919-ESPN. I'm on Twitter, on Instagram, at Gordon Damer. The daily poll question, that one's still rolling along. We got another one up for today, and I'll be putting it up uh, momentarily. As we, of course, are with you for the next hour, we take you up until 6 o'clock, at which time it is Golik and Wingo that come your way. As I said, the number to know, 1-800-919-ESPN, 1-800-919-3776. But let's start with this. Well, we always do the headlines, right? The first segment of the show Top of the show, what happened overnight? Chances are a lot of you getting up, getting rolling on uh, this Friday. And then yeah, generally we, you know, branch out into the poll question, the phone calls, other topics, whatever, you know, whatever interests me and hopefully whatever interests you, be it TV, be it movies, whatever. So I am making a decision today that, and we did this yesterday, that we will not really be doing any more baseball. It's clear people are done with the conversation, mainly because there's not a conversation really to be had. And as I said yesterday, leave it to baseball to eventually get a deal, play this season, but yet alienate so many people in the process of reaching a deal that they turn off more people than they attract. Only baseball can do that. And it certainly seems like they're well on their way. And look, there's nothing really new. It's the same old back and forth that you probably weren't all interested in to begin with. And I was actually thinking of running a poll question today. What happens first, Major League Baseball uh, returns, or there's a cure for Corona? Because right now the second one is looking a whole lot better than the first one, at least in part because the first one is looking worse and worse by the day. So, look, we'll see where we stand maybe next week. Maybe there's some big breakthrough, but considering what's going on right now, it's really hard to see a scenario where I actually want to talk about baseball. And if I don't I'm the baseball guy. I love baseball. But even for me at this point, I mean, everybody's kind of on the same page. Baseball can't afford this. Yeah, duh, right? That's not all that interesting of a conversation to have. And look, you know it. If you're a sports fan... The sports themselves generally treat fans like dopes, right? Mainly because we are dopes. They know that we're hooked on their product, and they basically can do what they want to us and get us to go along with it. And we'll say, oh, you know, well, I'm not going to put up with this or that anymore. But eventually we do because we're dopes. And I'm in that boat with you. I'm the first dope. I'll raise my hand. So I'm not saying if there is baseball this season, I'm not going to watch. But as things stand right now at 5.03 on a Friday, May 29th, I have no interest in talking about the back and forth and the daily development. When it's pretty obvious at this point, the only there's only two ways you can feel. Baseball can't afford to lose a season or, you know what, I just don't care. Anger or apathy. Or Anger and Apathy. I think that might be the title of my debut album. Gordon Damer, Anger and Apathy. So with that... The portion of the show discussing Major League Baseball has concluded. And I'm thinking that this is the last time I'll be talking about baseball for a while. Now, look, I reserve the right to change my mind. 
But And if you want to vent about the anger, by all means, 1-800-919-ESPN. But the whole back and forth, it's pretty clear. And one of the reasons why we do the poll question every single day, I like to see if we nailed what the, 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 the topic of the day was. What is the thing that interests people? And it's not necessarily about the way the poll results come out. It's about the amount of people that vote on the poll question. So we have a good judge. I have a good judge of, you know, if we get 500, 600 votes in the course of a morning, a one hour show at five in the morning, um, that's a pretty good, you know, that's a pretty good barometer. We did a pretty good job that day. Anything more than that, we did a really good job. Anything less than that, uh, I, I missed the mark. Yesterday, it's pretty clear I missed the mark. Now, I think that that was the topic of the day yesterday, baseball, and I still think it is in terms of the newsworthiness, that is the topic. But that doesn't necessarily mean it's interesting. And I think that most people at this point have resigned themselves to the fact they don't care. They they just don't care. They don't care who's right. They don't care who's wrong. And at this point, a lot of them and a growing number of them don't care if there is a season or not. So it would be foolish of me to continually go, you know, with all these guests and all this sound. We have a whole bunch of sound that we could play. I'm not going to play it. We'll move on to other things. So what are the headlines? Well, I guess let's start with the NBA. Commissioner Adam Silver confirmed that the league is going to have a meeting today, but that that meeting will not include a vote on a return-to-play plan. Will not include that. Not yet. Uh, Woj is reporting that talks on that plan will continue this weekend and that there could be a vote sometime next week. So the blueprint for the plan kind of remains the same, right? The things that we already know. Camps will open sometime in June. Games likely sometime late July, maybe early August. Games look like right now that they'll be at uh, Disney World and with about 20 teams involved. Now, the real that's the real top question. Not if they're going to return, but what form they return. Is it just the 16 playoff teams? Did they cut off uh, the regular season at this point and just go directly to the playoffs? Did they expand the playoffs in some way to, you know, include 20 teams? Because there's some teams out west, you know, that were battling for the for the eighth spot that were just out of it. And just because of the timing of things, they ran out of time. Did they expand it to 24 teams? How do they go about putting this? Well, they're going to continue to talk about that this weekend. According to the Ringers, Kevin O'Connor, Commissioner Adam Silver, revealed in a conference call on Thursday that they had uh, taken a vote of general managers and 75 percent of the general managers voted in favor of using a play in tournament to determine the final playoff seeds. One-fourth of general managers voted uh, for a World Cup-style group stage. That's that's another thing that's being talked about. Is the traditional playoff format, would it be a World Cup-style type thing? Uh, according to uh, the article by um, Kevin O'Connor, there was zero commitment to any one plan, but it was a call to gather more information. So, all right, look, it's no, it's no announcement yet, but certainly things – Look like, therefore, the NBA moving in the right direction. And if you had to put your money down on one league returning, it certainly seems like the NBA is uh, moving in the right direction. So they've been looking to shake things up for a while with the playoffs. It always seems to be a topic of of conversation. Uh, And I'm opening to listening about different things. But I would say as a fan, 
These would be my deal breakers. These are the things that I just uh, I could not get behind. I cannot get behind any plan that allows any team outside of the top eight in the East to be in the playoffs. That's a deal breaker, right? Like the Magic are the eighth team. They're 30 and 35. Okay. You know, like I don't really think I need the Magic in the playoffs, but they are the eighth seed. Okay, fine. The ninth team is the Wizards. They're 24 and 40. I don't need the Wizards. I, I don't care what the, 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 the format is. I don't need the Wizards to be part of it. And not just to single out the Wizards. The same thing goes for the, the Bulls or, or the Hornets or the Knicks. That's the first thing. I would rather figure out a way to cut out the Magic rather than expand to nine or ten teams in the Eastern. I, I just don't need it. I also would not have teams returning for anything other than playoff slash play-in games, right? Like that have some impact directly on the moving on to the playoffs part of it. I, I don't think that you need that. I don't think that you need to be giving yourself more work at this time. This does not feel like the year to be giving yourself more work. At the end of the day, we don't really know, like going into it, how it's going to work in terms of keeping everybody safe, right? Like you can put all the different plans in places that you want, but that doesn't mean that everything is going to go according to plan. There are certain things that are completely out of the control of the NBA, out of the control of any sports league. So, you know, what happens if a team tests positive? What happens if a player tests positive? How many players can you have test positive before you have to shut down that team or shut down play. We don't know that. So to be expanding to a large degree. Now, I don't think that there's going to be a situation where I, I know people have floated this out there that, you know, what happens if a team uh, tests positive? Well, it seems like that would be kind of unlikely. I mean, I guess you have to kind of plan for every different possibility that you can. But I mean, the, the jazz came down with this at like the worst time, right? Like when we didn't know all that much and, and, and certainly people like myself were not taking it nearly as seriously, seriously as they should have. And even then, so far as we know, they only had two players test positive. So I, I it seems unlikely that, um, that a whole team would be, uh, testing positive in that situation. But I feel like that there's almost like this push, you know, this is this weird season, weird things are happening. So let's try to, to boost people by doing something fresh and new. And this is the time for opportunity. This is the time for invention. Yeah, I can see that point, but I don't think that this is the time to be giving yourself extra work. And I certainly don't think it's time to be giving yourself more games. The most important thing is to get a conclusion to this season somehow. That's the main goal. And everything kind of branches off of that. So if you can have a full playoff, okay, fine. But I think that the, the guide should be to be doing less rather than more. Let's put it that way. The third thing is about expanding to 20 teams or 24 teams. There are not that many good teams that deserve to make the playoffs. 24 teams. There are not 24 good teams. There aren't 20 good teams. I think you could make the argument there's not 16 good teams, but look, you put plans in place, right? <laughs> That's the, the plan going into the season. It's a little fair to, uh, unfair to, uh, to change the plan. I think you want to be back as soon as possible, but I also think that putting a, as good a product as possible 
out on the court right away is better than having some, you know, for lack of a better word, scrub teams that have no real shot. Now, I will grant you that Portland is kind of intriguing. Uh, New Orleans would kind of be fun. But do I need Sacramento? Do I need San Antonio? I don't think I do. I don't think I do. And I really don't need the Knicks anymore. I know I mentioned that a second ago in its own individual point, but I feel like that that it needs its own individual point again just to kind of hammer home the point. We're all depressed enough as we are right now. The last thing we need is Knicks basketball. And there are enough things, if you're a Knicks fan, there's enough things to get you, I don't know, intrigued, excited maybe about the Knicks, right? The next coach, the coaching search, the draft lottery, the direction of the franchise, what's the next move that Leon Rose is going to make. The actual games with the team would not be on that list. 1-800-919-ESPN, 1-800-919-3776. So that's kind of the headlines of the day. Our poll question is up for today. It is uh, on Twitter, at Gordon Damer. You can vote on it there. And it has to do with the Knicks. The Knicks are once again looking for a new head coach. One report is that Tom Thibodeau is the top candidate. So what's your take on him, Tom Thibodeau, being the top candidate? Four options for you. Coming up, we'll kind of detail what they are. Also coming up, we will... uh Every time the Knicks job becomes available... There's one name that gets floated out there, I mean, every time. And keep in mind, the next job becomes available pretty much every year. And yet this one person's name who gets floated, he has zero chance to get it. Zero. And again, the next job has been open a lot. It's never closed. It's like 7-Eleven. It's always open. And this guy's name, I feel like every time... I would say probably the last four or five times the Nick job has become available, this guy's name gets mentioned, and it's silly at this point. If he were going to get the job, it would have happened by now. So I'll tell you, I'll give you my thoughts on that. Plus, the New York Post has an article today looking to put to bed a controversy that does not exist, has not existed, will never exist, could not possibly exist. Gee, I hope it works out. Poll question up for today on the old uh, Twitter machine at Gordon Damer. And it is the Knicks are once again looking for a new head coach. It's that time of year, people. There's baseball season. There's football season. There's hockey season. And there's Knicks coaching search season. It comes around like clockwork. So this time around, the report is that Tom Thibodeau is the top candidate. So what's your take? A, perfect fit. B, cautiously optimistic. C, there are better options. Or D, terrible. Terrible. Well, you know what? I was actually thinking, this this shocks me. Very rarely does the poll question shock me. But the fact that cautiously optimistic is leading the way right now, given the time that we're living in and given the topic we're talking about, Nick fans being cautiously optimistic about anything. That's very, very odd. And that's the one that I thought, you know what, maybe I should get rid of that. Nobody in their right mind looks at the Knicks and thinks to themselves, you know what, I'm cautiously optimistic. I mean, I feel like that should have been burned out of you a long time ago. But you can vote on the poll question. It's up on Twitter at Gordon Damer. So the Knicks coaching job. I talked about how I felt about Tom Thibodeau yesterday. Uh, being the top candidate, which means 
almost certainly he's going to get the job. Like the Knicks, they they make up their mind on what they're going to do, and a lot of times they make this big show of everything else. And, you know, remember before Leon Rose got the job, right? We were talking about, well, do you wait for Masai Ujiri? Would you give up draft picks to get Masai Ujiri? The Knicks, like the one day, I can't remember, maybe it was a Tuesday, where Steve Mills got fired, and they're like, they're going to have this open search. They're going to look at all the different possibilities. And by the next day, Leon Rose is getting the job. So the the idea that it was really an open search is uh, is pretty silly. The jobs, they're always open. But the search themselves, not as open as maybe they would like you to believe. I think Tom Thibodeau is the wrong choice for the li- the reasons I listed yesterday. Short shelf life. The Knicks are not in win-now mode. They're hoping to win in the future, but we don't know that right now. Tom Thibodeau is a guy who's going to squeeze the 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 juice out of the fruit. And if you have a team that is on the cusp of making that next leap, whatever that next leap would be, I think Tom Thibodeau would be a, a fine choice for a short period of time. You, you're not going to get a 10-year run from Tom Thibodeau. You're not going to get an eight-year. You're basically going to get a three-year run out of the guy. He'll come in. He'll establish a style right away. You'll get more surprising results. But that, I think that that shelf life is very, very short. He burns guys out. I think that that's pretty been well-established at this point. And while there are times that coaches learn from past experience and, and, and mistakes they've made in the past, I think that that's just part of his DNA. I don't think that he can change that portion. Maybe he can be become more uh you know, player friendly to a degree, but I think that that foot on the 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 neck kind of mentality is just part of of who he is and I don't really see that changing. And while I don't want the Knicks to build primarily through free agency, his approach I think severely limits the chance that you ever land a premier free agent. I just think it's the wrong choice. Now, and I'm not saying that he's a bad coach. There are examples of where I think that that might fit, but it's not with the Knicks. That's not really the point I wanted to make today. Uh, you can though vote on the poll question. It's up on Twitter at Gordon Damer. And I guess if I had a uh, if I had a vote, I think it would be clearly C. There are better options. He's not a terrible coach. <laughs> I'm not cautiously optimistic. Clearly, I mean, if there if there was one that if this was a, a a royal rumble and I was looking to throw one over the top rope, a, a battle royale, cautiously optimistic would get whoop right over that top rope right away. Uh, and I certainly don't think he's a perfect fit, and I don't think most people outside of the Knicks think he's a perfect fit. But it is what it is. Uh, I get it. All right. But every time the Knicks job opens up, which again we talked yesterday, was it six coaches in six years? It's open quite a bit. It's like Seven Eleven. It's always open. A guy's name who always gets thrown in there, always, is Jeff Van Gundy. Jeff Van Gundy, former Knicks coach, Jeff Van Gundy. You know, the Knicks, they should bring back Jeff Van Gundy. What if Jeff Van Gundy is the guy? And I get it. The Knicks have been bad for pretty much a long time now. And the last time that they were consistently good, Jeff Van Gundy was the coach. So, as the last dance showed us, we, we all kind of feel nostalgic for the good old days sometimes. And if you're nostalgic for the good old days, you would think Jeff Van Gundy would uh, be a perfect fit. At this point, guys, don't you, ha- don't, don't you have to live somewhat in reality? I get 
we all kind of look back and think things might be might have been better at another time, be it movies, be it music, be it TV shows. But don't you have to live in the now and realize you can't turn back the clock at some point? There are no time machines. If there were time machines, if there were ever going to be time machines, there would be somebody right now from the future, right? It's a time machine. It's never going to happen. And the reason why... The primary reason, I guess people seem to forget because they like Jeff Van Gundy and he's great on TV and he's a great analyst and he's been a great coach. And if he wanted to be a coach again, I'm sure he would be excellent at it again. But he quit on the Knicks. He walked away from them. He didn't get fired. He walked away from them. Now, he has said in the past few years that he regrets it. And I'm sure he does. But the fact is, he walked away. And while the saying is that time heals all wounds, uh, I don't get the sense that James Dolan subscribes to that same way of thinking. I I think that he still holds it, uh, you know, takes it personally that someone walked away from his franchise. And it wasn't like in the at the end of the season when the season was already decided. It wasn't after the season. It was like 20 games into a season. I don't, I don't remember the reasons why he decided to walk away. Maybe he was burned out. Maybe it was family issues. I don't really remember. But at the end of the day, he walked away from the job. So it's pretty clear at this point, if that were not an issue, if that could be healed somehow, that wound, it would have been healed by now. There's no question that Jeff Van Gundy, if given the chance to coach, can be a good coach. There's no question that... That's a move that would fire up the fan base. Certainly more so than the other names that are being mentioned right now. If, if the Knicks, if it, if it came out today that the Knicks plan to hire Jeff Van Gundy, a large portion of the fan base would be excited by that. But that, I think if that were going to happen, it would have happened by now. This is not a, a question of, of timing. Jeff Van Gundy has been pretty open that he would love to get a chance to coach the Knicks again. I think when David Fisdale, right? When Fisdale got the job, or before Fisdale got the job, the, the, the Van Gundy put that out there that he would like to uh, get that opportunity. Didn't come then. I don't think it's going to happen now. And yet every single time the Knicks job comes open, Jeff Van Gundy, Jeff Van it's not going to happen. You gotta, you really, you really got to let it go. You really got to let it go. Another name that always comes up, and I've not really heard it this time, although... It doesn't really come from the, the, the organization as much as it comes from a portion of the fan base. And I don't get, even get the sense it's a large portion, but it's a devout portion of the fan base. And that name is Mark Jackson, former Knicks player. We got to bring Mark Jackson home. He helped build the Warriors dynasty. He established and helped build that, those young players into what they became. Well, look. If not for firing him, the Warriors dynasty would never have happened. And Mark Jackson, not that it's, a, it's got a lot of traction this time, but for the portion of the Knicks fan base that wants to see it happen, Mark Jackson should not be the guy the Knicks hire. There was a reason why he got fired when he got fired by the Warriors, despite having some success. But you can't take a look at that success and, and point to it as a real, you know, a, a real thing to be touted. When, when immediately after leaving, the team went from, you know, a, a playoff team, the, the, la, the previous two years, to one of the greatest teams we have ever seen.
that's a greater piece of evidence that he was holding them back than he was building them up. And again, kind of like Jeff Van Gundy, there's a reason why Mark Jackson has not gotten another head coaching job since he was let go by the Warriors. And it is pretty well established at this point that he burned every bridge that he had in that organization. That he liked to have this us-against-them mentality, which works. The problem for him and the problem for them was that a lot of times it was people, the them, was people within the Warriors organization. The them is supposed to be the other team. The them is supposed to be, you know, the detractors, the media, whoever. Whoever you have to, you know, come up with to help the team succeed. It should not be people within the team that you want to point as those guys. The them should not be team uh, people within the, the organization that you're working for. And this is this is not like deep cover stuff. This is pretty much out there. The owner of the team said that after he let Jackson go, he said, yeah, he did a great job, and I'll compliment him in many respects, but you can't have 200 other people in the organization not like you. I don't know how many people make up an NBA organization. Maybe it's thousands. But having 200 seems like a high number. And those weren't the only issues. The owner came to him at one point and said, look, you know, one area that we can really exploit, you know, we have the salary cap, but we have to have the best coaching staff there is. Money's no object. And Mark Jackson turned him down. He said, nah, I got, I got a, I got a great, I got the best staff there is. So you can say he helped develop the young core. I think at this point, in hindsight, there's more than enough evidence that he held back the great players who would have never reached the heights that they did with him. Never mind, you know, the, the strategic, the, the, the focus of the team in terms of offense. They were not a good offensive team when Mark Jackson, uh, was running things. And that's not a guy between the, the personality and the, the mindset of the coach. That's not a guy that the Knicks should be targeting either. And it doesn't, in fairness to the Knicks, doesn't seem like they are. 1-800-919-ESPN, 1-800-919-3776. The poll question is up there. Coming up, we've got Moment of Inspiration. Today is Friday, so we got net, uh, net, net pick and chill picks for this week. Two suggestions for you. And there was a topic that was hot on Twitter about um, the greatest gangster movie. Stephen King, the author Stephen King, came up with um, – this poll, like, what's the, the, I basically, I guess it was like, what's the fourth best? We've already decided this, right? Like, Goodfellas is obviously the, the most rewatchable. So you'd have to say that's the best gangster movie. Uh, I guess you could go, if you, if you're putting it under umbrella, you know, Godfather obviously has to be in the mix there. We did not have Godfather 2 in the mix for the, the, the rewatchable movie bracket, but obviously that's nip and tuck between Godfather 1 and Godfather 2. You really could go either way there. Uh, but Goodfellas is also in the mix. So what's the the other uh, top gangster movies of all time? So basically, what's the fourth best gangster movie of all time? So I have a couple of suggestions for that as well. Ones that, I don't know, maybe people have not already seen. So we'll give you what those are as well. The pitch. Bounds, hits one high. Hits it deep to center. Out of here. 
I know I said no baseball, but that that I, I don't think that that has to do with like previous baseball. I'm talking about the the, the business of baseball. I don't care what the the business. And I know I said no baseball, but just one one more thing, and then we'll you know like shun, reshun, unshun, shun. Um, the Mets released yesterday, and the other teams are doing this, right? Uh, minor leaguers. The Mets released 39 minor leaguers yesterday. And uh, I, I don't know if other people saw this, but one of them that was released was a former second-round pick, Andrew Church. So Church wrote this long post about his Mets minor league career uh, and the Mets minor league system. And he certainly painted it as a real cluster bomb. Let's put it that way. Uh, I'm not going to get into all the points that he made, but he did point out one thing that I did find interesting. And it's really kind of impossible to even argue. He talks about how the fact that he was always willing to compete actually worked against him. And, you know, he was dealing with injuries and it was actually in, not in his best interest to perform times where he did. And when the team asked him to and when he when he would refuse because of injury, he was painted as the, as the bad guy. So then he brings up this quote, this part, uh, the next year, they, the Mets, made a mockery of our team by putting a celebrity on it to sell more tickets. Gee, I wonder who he's referring to. I saw players lose their job because of it. We weren't playing to win. We were playing to make everyone else money. Well, not the players. We never saw a cut of it. Uh, could, could I mean, just put yourself in this guy's shoes for a second. And obviously he's talking about Tom. Uh, he's talking about uh, Tim Tebow. Imagine being a Mets minor leaguer. And it's one thing to float it out there. Like the first year was, I mean, Tebow has been now with the Mets minor league system since 2016. Now he didn't play that many games in 2016, but in 2017, he did. He played 126 games. How did he perform? Terribly. As a 29 year old. And the crazy thing is, it would be one thing, right, if the Mets gave this guy a job to sell some tickets at like like some, you know, A ball team. He's been progressing up the ladder of the Mets minor league system. And he has been largely terrible every step of the way. Now, I don't hate Tim Tebow, but he does not deserve the opportunity he's getting. And while no, none of the minor leaguers are going to say that, that's exactly the way they feel. Last year, playing for Triple A as a 31-year-old, he struck out 40% of his at-bats, hit 163, had an OPS of 495. An OPS of 495 is worse than actually driving on 495. There's very few things as bad as driving on 495. Having an OPS of 495 is one of them. And here's this guy who, look, I guess he just, he wasn't able to, to make the majors, obviously. I, I guess. I don't know if he ever, I don't think so. Uh, he had a lot of stops along the way and he was a second round pick. And for whatever reason, the injury just maybe he wasn't good enough. Uh, I'm sure there's some bitterness there. And I'm sure that some things that he's bringing up, there's a fair point, and maybe some things uh, it just has an axe to grind. I don't know. But I don't think that you can really argue the point that he's making, that Tim Tebow's presence in the Mutz minor league system is a mockery. 
It's simply there. He's simply there to sell tickets and T-shirts. And can you imagine being somebody? I'm Maybe there's somebody at your job. I'm sure that there's been jobs that I've had where I've seen people progress that that don't, don't deserve the opportunities that they're getting. And can you imagine that this is happening on this stage and being that guy? All right, so it's Gordon Dave. That's it. All right, no more baseball starting now. It's the Gordon Damer Show. We take you up until 6 o'clock, at which time it is go like and wingo that come your way. So a couple other things that I wanted to bring up. The New York Post today has a story about the Jets signing of Joe Flacco. And the headline is the one way that Joe Flacco can end Jets quarterback controversy chatter. Now, it's been pointed out before, writers, the writers of the article don't write the headlines. So sometimes there's a disconnect between what the the headline says and what the article actually is. But this time, the headline accurately describes the article. This is from the article, Mark Canizero, uh, quote, The 35-year-old Flacco, too, did not shy away from admitting he still has a burning desire to start again. Aside from the very end of his 11-year run in Baltimore, where Lamar Jackson began to take the league by storm in 2018, starting is all that Flacco has known in his career. Did you hear the words quarterback controversy in the air? End quote. Uh, no, no, I didn't. No, I don't usually listen to the air, but even the air knows, even the dumb old air knows there's no quarterback controversy. The air, even riddled with marijuana smoke, would not float such a ridiculous idea. <laughs> there's, there's no, there's no possibility of having a quarterback controversy. If Sam Darnold goes into this year and is terrible, if all his worst characteristics rear their ugly head and you get to a point where you're saying to yourself, my God, Sam is not going to be the guy. And think about how bad he would have to be for that to be the case. At no point would there still be any quarterback controversy. The conversation would then turn to, well, should the Jets draft a quarterback in the in the following year's draft? But Again, Darnold would have to be so bad. He would have to be throwing 30 interceptions. He'd have to be just miserable game after game after game. There will never be, no matter what Sam Darnold does, basically, no matter what Joe Flacco does, absolutely, that there will ever be a quarterback controversy with Joe Flacco and Sam Darnold. Assuming that he's healthy. Signing Flacco, as I said, solid move. Experienced quarterback who can cut all you can ever ask from your number two, come in in a pinch, win a game, maybe two, assuming that Darnold misses the time like he did the last couple of years. At the very least, Flacco will not make the team as completely uncompetitive like they were last year with Luke Falk. They had zero chance to win those games. So that's all you're hoping for from Joe Flacco. But any idea that there could possibly be a quarterback controversy is 1,000% ridiculous. 1-800-919-ESPN, 1-800-919-3776. All right, net picks and chills picks for this week. Uh, I, I brought up the thing about Stephen King talking about uh, the gangster movies. And I don't know what the bet. I would say this. 
The two most underrated ones that I I get the feeling like a lot of people have not seen but should, and I don't know where they are available streaming-wise. Maybe they're just not available streaming-wise. They have to be available somewhere. The one that's fantastic and never kind of gets brought up is Once Upon a Time in America. That one's phenomenal as a gangster movie. And the other one, which is far more recent, Once Upon a Time in America is probably a, a good 30 years old now. Uh, the one that uh, is, is more recent, maybe it's 20 years now, uh, is L.A. Confidential. That one is phenomenal. It was it was in a rotation for a little while as, as one of those rewatchable movies that was always on, but it's kind of drifted off for whatever reason. That one is also uh, phenomenal. So if you've not seen either of those, those would be uh, major suggestions. Uh, but in terms of the net picks and chill pick for th- choices for this week, I finally got done season one of Money Heist. Money Heist is a show on Netflix that has uh, certainly got a cult following. It's a uh, Spanish show, and they uh, dub the voices, so there's no subtitles to read the entire time. But uh, it's an intriguing concept. It's about a team of criminals that come up with this plan to rob a mint, and there's a there's a prof- there's a character, the professor, who's like the the mastermind behind it. And there's all these different characters. It's well done, but it's not bingeable. And there is a difference. You can have a good show that you get done an episode and you're like, okay, I watched an episode. But you don't feel like immediately you want to get to that next episode. And I don't know what's missing from it, but I did not feel myself like, oh, my gosh, that episode was so amazing. It's well done. There's not like parts of the script where you're like rolling your eyes and you're you're straining your eyes, rolling them out of your head. But there was never a point where I got done an episode. and I was like, oh, man, I have to watch another episode right away so that one's i guess it's 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 a suggestion if you're looking for a series you're looking to fill some time and god knows we're all looking to fill some time right now uh money heist it's a it's been pretty popular on netflix although i don't really think it's been in the top 10 which is actually a uh, is a is a, a feather in its cap if you're in the top 10 almost certainly your show is terrible uh so that's one suggestion the other is a comic by the name of i think it's tom segura he has a new comedy special called ball hog uh, he's a guy that I've seen before but have never really watched. You know some of those comedians that you see and maybe you'll hear a little thing or there, but you've never really watched a full special? We were looking for something, me and my wife, the other night. We said, you know what, let's throw it on for 20 minutes. We ended up watching the whole thing. Very, very funny. And his closing bit, not to give it away. Now, look, it's not it's not for everyone. Uh, there's some it's more uh, gallows humor at some point, but his closing bit. The end of how he ends his show is uh, he definitely ends on a high note. Again, not for anybody, uh, not for everyone, but very, very funny. Tom Segura, Ball Hog, and it's on Netflix. Watching our poll question is up for today. It's on Twitter, at Gordon Damer, and uh, it is about uh, the New York Knicks. Yes, we went with the New York Knicks. And our headlines focused uh, largely on the NBA, mostly because... If you're waking up and you're thinking to yourself, well, what's the latest with the baseball? I'm a diehard baseball fan, and I want to know if there's going to be baseball this season. I have made the conscious decision that, at least for now, I I, I just can't do it anymore. I was thinking about uh, having a poll question today of what happens first, baseball returns or there's a cure for corona. And I have to say, I think the second one is looking a whole lot better if not at least in part because the first one is looking worse and worse by the day. And at this point, it's not so much about anger. It's more apathy. I just don't care. And I get the feeling that more and more of you 
just don't care. Like, even if baseball does return, we'll watch. We'll be interested. And I'm sure because at the end of the day, sports fans, we're all dopes. And we're kind of addicted to it. And we need it. And right now, we certainly need the distraction. But as I said yesterday, leave it to Major League Baseball to come up with a, to eventually come up with a deal and play this season, but yet alienate so many people in the process that when they reach a deal, they'll have turned off more people than they attract. So at least in terms of the Gordon Damer show, at least for now, uh, we're not focusing on the back and forth and what this one said and what that one said. If you come up with a deal, Maybe we'll get back on board. I'm sure that I will get back on board. But right now, I just don't care. I just don't care. So the headlines of the day, focusing on the NBA, uh, Adam Silver is set to hold a uh, conference call today with the uh, Board of Governors, but that that conference call will not include a vote on the uh, return to play plan. Woj reporting that uh, talks on that plan will continue this weekend. There could be a vote sometime early next week, but, you know, in terms of what the blueprint for the plan, kind of the, the bullet points remain the same. Camps would open in June, games by July, the games would be at Disney World, and there would be about 20 teams being involved there. Now the real question is, do you have a play-in tournament? Do you just come up with the uh, top 16 teams? It seems like there's momentum within the league for some sort of play-in tournament to determine the final playoff seeds. For me, my deal-breakers are... I, I can't be behind any plan that allows any team outside of the top eight. I wouldn't even be really all that in favor of the top eight, but that's the deal. Okay, fine, I'll, I'll live with it. But there should be no way any teams in the Eastern Conference outside of the top eight are advancing at any point. Nobody needs the Wizards to be playing in anything. Nobody needs the Hornets to be playing anywhere. Same goes for the Bulls. Same goes for the Knicks. I would rather figure out a way to cut the magic out of the playoffs than to extend it to more teams, especially if those teams were in the Eastern Conference. And I get it. You know, there's some other teams out West, be it Portland, be it New Orleans, that are intriguing, would be fun to see. And and maybe this is the time that the NBA kind of finally uh, comes up with some sort of plan to change the playoffs, which always seems to be a hot topic. But I just don't think that this is the year to do that, mainly because there aren't that many good teams. There's no need to expand to 20. You don't have 24 good teams. You don't even have 20 good teams. You could make the argument you don't even have 16 good teams. And I get you want to be back as soon as possible, but I also think that there should be a focus on putting the best product out there as possible right away. And rather than having some scrub teams playing for some chance to get steamrolled in the playoffs, I think you just kind of get right into the play. This is not the year you need to be putting extra work on yourself. You should be scaling back rather than ramping up. And again, if I did not make it clear already, I don't think we need any more Nick games. <laughs> I, I know I don't need that in my life. I don't need that in my life. But the poll question, which is up for today on Twitter, at Gordon Damer. Nick's once again looking for a new head coach. One report is that Tom Thibodeau is the top candidate. What's your take? I can't get over this. Cautiously optimistic is still leading the way. Are, are these people new to the planet? Did they not see the part where it, it, it references the Knicks? Cautiously optimistic. How has that not been beaten out of you by now? This is like Stockholm syndrome with the 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 uh, the, the hostages. 
much like Money Heist, one of the net picks and chill picks, the, the, the hostages actually start feeling bad for the, for the, for the people taking them hostage. Cautiously optimistic. I can't get over that they're still cautiously optimistic, Nick. Maybe it's because it's Friday. Maybe it's because it's the weekend. I don't know. I, for me, I would say that there are better options, but you can vote on the poll question. It's up on Twitter at Gordon Damer. I can't believe it. We're already out of time. How does this happen? How does it happen at the same point every day? You would think that I would start to adjust. No, no, not me. All right, that's going to do it for today. Please vote on the poll question. It's up on Twitter. It's at Gordon Dammer. Uh We will have, uh, of course, uh, the uh, Instagram stories up later, so you can follow me there as well on Instagram, at Gordon Dammer. We'll be back Monday starting at 5 a.m. Hopefully you have a good weekend. Hopefully uh, you can avoid the Lance Armstrong documentary. Although maybe you watched it last week and you want to find out how it turns out. It doesn't turn out good, people. I can tell you that right now. Spoiler alert. But we'll see you Monday starting at 5 a.m., 98.7 FM, ESPN. This is the Gordon Damer Show on 98.7 ESPN.